It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. The one thing I wish AD had tonight with the shot that he made, I wish we were playing at Staples. I mean, we miss our fans so much, and I can only imagine. I probably would have blew the roof off Staples Center. AD hitting that shot tonight in Staples with our crowd. I would have loved for him to have that moment because I know what that felt like for me uh, when I was able to hit that shot, as you mentioned, uh, versus Orlando in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, game two at the buzzer. LeBron James comparing buzzer beaters different times in his career. Anthony Davis. Who was way too wide open. That was a big old defensive mistake. But nonetheless, he hit the shot. He could have bricked it. He didn't. And now the Lakers are up to zip. Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic were really good down the stretch. Both of them hitting multiple big shots. Davis had a three from almost the same spot with about three minutes to go. They traded hoops down the stretch. And Davis gets the last shot. It's the NBA. Have the last shot, PK. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the Lakers hit uh, three last-second shots. Now the other two were against the shot clock. Davis, as you mentioned, and that uh, Caldwell Pope or Pope Caldwell. I can't ever remember what it is. He had one on the other side. And in those situations, man, just be free and easy because you really can't do anything. I hate as a if I'm on defense or I'm rooting for the team that's on defense, I hate those situations because there's not as much pressure, man. It's just... Get the ball and shoot it. You don't have to think about anything. And it seems like they just get so smooth and in rhythm. And sure enough, he knocks it down there, and they take a big 2-0 lead. You'd be wonder if the Nuggets can come back from this after that <laughs> devastation. Man, and they really got something going on. Got to feel like they're in a team meeting going, yeah, that was brutal there on that last possession, but it's only 2-0, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 2 well, is everything. 2-0. They have not been down 2-0, right? They were down uh, the other series. They got a game early. Yeah. But they were still down 3-1 in both of them. So at 2-0, you're feeling like, we haven't even walked over to the edge of the cliff yet. This is nothing, guys. And, of course, in NBA history, 2-0 is a lot. And 3-1 is nearly everything, not quite. But for these Nuggets, who knows? Well, 3-0 is the big problem. Fact. True story. And the Boston Celtics avoid 3-0. They are 2-1. They got the third game. They won Saturday night to beat the Heat 117-106. So that is where we sit. They'll be uh, playing game four. See if the Celtics can can even that thing up. You got a lot of hope for the Celtics, or uh, is it just a matter of time before Jimmy Butler gets it done? Uh, I mean, I picked Miami going into it, but I think with Hayward coming back gives him a boost. You don't expect him after being out to be uh, setting the world on fire in the first game that he's back, which he didn't. But uh, maybe, you know, they look back on this thing where they had with guys throwing stuff at each other in the locker room. Maybe that was a turning (laughs) point. I mean, the talent is there. There's no question. It's not like Miami is a world beater by any stretch. But sure, yeah, I give them... Uh, probably a 50-50 shot to to win it, even though I'm picking Miami. Now, they're doing a thing in that series where they're skipping what looks like a normal game date. 
Uh, you would expect him to play tonight on the every other day schedule that this this postseason is basically stuck to in the bubble as they try to move things along so that the team that's beaten can get out of the bubble and, and get back to the real world. But Celtics and Heat skipping tonight. No game tonight. It'll be the Lakers tomorrow, and then Boston will play again Wednesday. So a little downtime in that series. But, uh... Say that again, man. The East doesn't play tonight. You're playing on this every other day schedule. You would expect it, but they don't. It's Monday Night Football. Right. They're going to play Wednesday. They're going to have game four. And the Lakers and the Nuggets are going to play again Tuesday. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo won the NBA MVP award. LeBron James said the results irked him as he finished second for a record time fourth time. The quote pissed me off. That's my true answer. It pissed me off because out of 101 votes, I got 16 first place votes. That's what pissed me off more than anything. You know, not saying that the winner wasn't deserving the MVP, but that pissed me off. And I finished second a lot in my career, either from a championship and now four times as an MVP. I feel a little bit of Michael Jordan coming on, grabbing onto something to motivate himself a little more. Six games from the title now. Uh, Okay. Yeah, go. Good. How about it? DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Left side, Newton's going to run the ball. He gets hit, he flipped up in the air. He doesn't get there. Clock ticks down. It's all zeros. What a play by the Seahawks defense. They throw their helmets. They are going nuts on the field. Cam Newton, the first time tonight, I believe they've stopped him dead in his tracks, and I believe it was Bobby Wagner who got there to do it. What an end to what a game. The Seahawks win 35-30 to over the Patriots. Wow. Really good game, Sunday Night Football, Patriots and Seahawks back and forth, lighting up the scoreboard. Russell Wilson, five touchdown passes, and he spreads it around to five different receivers. Cam Newton throws for almost 400 yards, 397. But he couldn't get in the goal line there at the end. Did you want a little deception at the end, or did you like it? Cam Newton, he's a big guy and he can run. Why not? Get Let him, let him have a go at it. I didn't mind the play call but the play wasn't very inspiring I, I think that when you got the adrenaline of the defense all fired up and they know literally they can't let you get a yard I thought that Cam sort of tiptoed a bit and he never got that big body going in any type of force so it was all about the Seahawks force meeting Cam Newton who wasn't going nearly as fast obviously as he can run so the execution of the play didn't work obviously at all and so I think to me that was a little bit of the issue you know maybe you just want to get it put your head down and see if they can knock you up but when you're sort of tiptoeing you really lose all the momentum of the physical advantage that you may have I thought you jumped too early as well you always wondered uh, when you have a good receiver how much is the quarterback and how much is the receiver now Julian Edelman you can say well Maybe he's had two really good quarterbacks, but he and Brady seem to have a connection. What's going to happen with a new quarterback? Julian Edelman, eight catches, 179 yards. So, he and Cam Newton have something going there. Well, quarterbacks are going to throw to good receivers. I mean, that's not breaking news here. Elsewhere in the NFL, the... uh the Chiefs had some issues. The Chargers pass rush bottled them up there for a while. But the Chiefs hit on a big play and a two-point conversion. 
And then they leave it to Harrison Butker. It's a pressure field goal to get it to overtime and then hits three in a row in overtime from 53, 58, and 58. First one wiped out by a penalty, the second one by a timeout. And the third one, he wins the game. So the Chiefs, not one of their glamorous 40-point, uh, you know, 600-yard uh, games, but they found a way to get the win, so they are 2-0. and Along with the Ravens and the Steelers, there's three teams that you expect to be pretty good, and it looks like they're going to be pretty good. Well, Harrison DeChambeau, man, he can <laughs> bomb it. Oh nice. Gosh, that guy is something. I mean, 58, and no sweat. It would have been good from 64. I love when they do that. Uh, you know, as if everything would be exactly the same. Uh, but then, then the Chiefs got a little bit of a break there. Was it Hill takes off his helmet on the touchdown, which should have been the two-point conversion from the 17, and they don't do that? Uh, that's a black-and-white rule. I mean, I don't understand why they didn't call it. He took off his helmet. You can't do that out on the field of play, and they let it go. It didn't make it. They brought in uh, Gene Saskatchewan there, and he called it. Uh, Gene uh, Steratore. Yeah, my old uh, my own Goomba from uh, Pittsburgh, I think he is. And, Correct. Uh, so I, I don't get why they didn't call it. I mean, that, that, why would you have called that? It's it's so obvious, it's like a red light. It's an easy rule to enforce, you would think. It's kind yeah, of a, really a pretty no simple, clear-cut issue, right? Yeah. I guess if the helmet got knocked off, maybe you could find some gray area. It would just it could potentially made the two point conversion tougher, and you know maybe the the game changes. Not everything stays the same, but I felt I'm watching that and you know, why didn't they do that? And and then you know it was fun to see Herbert. We've had him on our show for a couple of years because he's been there for Pac-12 uh, media. I thought he accorded himself well. That pass across his body at the end of the third quarter sucked, uh, but other than that, and first start looks like they got something there and see what he can develop going forward. It'll be fun to watch him over the next X amount of years to see how good he can be. Coach said after the game that uh, Tyra Taylor's the uh, starter there and that uh, Herbert didn't just win the job, which I think surprised everybody who watched the game. <laughs> but we'll see. You can say anything you want after the game. We'll find see. out what that chest injury is all about. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily talking about Sunday. I'm talking in the coming years. I mean, it, he's going to be the guy, I would think, he, he, for a lot of different reasons, talent, trap position, so forth and so on. So say whatever you want now, but, I mean, it's, Herbert is going to he's going to play. You have to play him when you take somebody that high. The Falcons are up 20 to nothing after one quarter. 29 to 10 at the half. They were still up by 15 points midway through the fourth quarter. And yet the Cowboys, incredibly, improbably, come back and win the game 40 to 39. Dalton Schultz, former Bingham High star, caught a touchdown pass with about five minutes to go to get that comeback rolling. And then, speaking of rolling, that was a pretty weird looking onside kick. No tee. It's going to kick it and it's rolling and it's running. I don't, you can jump on it Go at nine get yards. The ball. Yeah, you can jump on it at eight or nine yards if you want. Uh, if you're the if you're the Falcons receiving team without yeah. receiving a penalty, yep. the offense can do it too. But you'd obviously get a kicking team to get a penalty. You know what it reminded me of? I told you this story years ago. My wife was coaching freshman basketball at Cortez High School, 
and uh, which is the home of Duffy Dyer. Now, you may say, who's Duffy Dyer? I get it. Backup catcher for the Mets. But how about this? Alice Cooper went there. Is that a little bit better? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, she, she tells the player at the end of the first quarter, first half, or what have you, to roll the ball out of bounds to save time. And this is freshman basketball, and both sides had no idea what was going on. And literally, the ball rolled the 94 feet length of the court, and no one picked it up. It literally rolled from one baseline all the way to the other, and no one. They all stood there and watched the ball roll. Nobody, none of the 10 girls out on the floor, I forget who they were playing, but none of the 10 girls on the floor had any idea what to do. And they literally watched the ball roll. I thought of that when I was watching that Cowboys situation with the Falcons, as they all just stood there watching that friggin' football roll. And it's like, okay, now, at least if you didn't think you can touch it, go stand 10 yards like it's a center jump or something and try to box out the guy, the Cowboys, so they can't recover it. It was just stunning, a stunning play. I, I've never seen anything like it. Bucks bounce back. Now, the Panthers made it pretty easy for him. Bridgewater turned the ball over on the first two possessions, so they got to uh, they got to twenty-one nothing in a hurry, and they win thirty-one seventeen. And uh, shout out to the Packers, who I know it's just the Lions and the Vikings, but man, they've looked really good the first two weeks. Monday Night Football, Saints and Raiders from uh, the new stadium in Vegas. You've driven by it on the freeway, probably. Many of us have in Vegas or headed to Southern California or whatever. It's right there. You can't miss it. 6.15 tonight, ESPN, and you can listen to the game here on The Zone. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. First down, handball, Harris. He steers it to the right side across the 30, 35, 40. Harris to midfield. Here we go. He's at the 40. He's at the 30 with one man to be at the 20. 15, 10, 5. He dives for the end zone. Touchdown. It's a touchdown. It's an 80-yard glorious touchdown run for Cameron Harris. Wow, what a strike by Miami. King to throw. Off the right hash mark. Down the middle. Wide open. It's Jordan. He's at the five. He's into the end zone for a touchdown. Revan Jordan for a touchdown. 53 yards. High scoring game. 17th ranked Miami beats 18th ranked Louisville. The only battle of ranked teams this weekend. 47-34. The game that matters most to BYU fans. Troy. Routing Middle Tennessee 47 to 14. And Troy will be here Saturday night for the home opener against BYU. Gunner Watson, you like that name, PK? He's a quarterback quarterback for Troy. He's a quarterback for Troy. Gunner Watson. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. He looked okay, but, you know, what's the opposition? Right. How good is Middle Tennessee? It's, it's really, really hard for me to get into college football right now. I yeah. mean, I'm so regionally oriented, or at least the bigger teams. I don't want to be a bigger team snob because the men of Troy and Middle Tennessee and these teams that are out there, the, all these players are busting it. They're practicing. They're trying to do their best. So I have respect for all the college athletes, no matter what sport they're playing, because I know the amount of time and effort that they put into it. But i got to say, my fandom isn't that good although i did watch that dumb game because i feel like it was homework if i'm gonna watch something i mean why i mean not miami and and uh louisville weren't on at the same time but why not watch something to try to gain a little insight as far as troy because i don't know jack about troy until i watch that game 
The problem so, is man, that I got to watch it. Yeah, the problem is that Middle Tennessee has played twice and right. has gotten annihilated both times. Army beat them forty-two to nothing, and now Troy beat them forty-seven fourteen. Their defense is awful. Their offense might not be much either. I'm ag- I agree, <laughs> but the defense is a paper. A paper I mean, I, I, I don't want to be breaking down Middle Tennessee State I guys. I mean, that. I hear you. <laughs> so of the teams that aren't Power Five teams that look good, Central Florida did crush Georgia Tech 49-21. Central Florida currently ranked 14th. So you're looking for that's well and good. I mean, I did watch Navy and Tulane. I mean, that was a fun game. So at least it was something that killed my interest. I didn't think it was going to. I thought, man, Navy is just awful. And they had the great thrilling comeback and see Nia Montalolo high step it like he's a, a chubby Deion Sanders there when the uh, overtime ended. I mean, when the game ended, that was uh, that was fun. Clemson's still number one in the AP poll. Bama still hasn't played. The SEC still hasn't played a game yet. Part of that whole, you know, there haven't been a lot of games. The SEC hasn't played a game, and the Big 12 played one game. So there's been a little shortage. Of the 27 games this weekend, seven of them got canceled, so... BYU up three spots from 21 to 18, and the Cougars are 23 in the coaches' poll. DJ and PK... Hashtag Major League Baseball. Padres clinch a playoff berth. Hadn't been in the postseason since 2006. It was the third longest streak in baseball, but they got three in the 11th inning, and they beat the Mariners 7-4. to four. So they are into the postseason. White Sox have also snapped a long postseason drought. They hadn't gone in 11 years. Those were the third and fourth longest streaks in baseball. But uh, both those teams are in now. And another one, the, uh, the Marlins. The Mariners have the longest streak at 18 years. The Marlins are like 16. But they've, Miami's got a chance to get in. And I don't think Mariners are going to do it. But Miami's in the mix. Got to have a good final week here to do it. But uh, I think they're sitting about sixth right now. So some streaks getting snapped, PK. People getting into the playoffs. Well, yeah. And I think the thing about it with the San Diego and the White Sox, uh, they had a really good shot to get in irregardless of the number of games. I'm not so sure about Miami. Miami has been so bad that just the fact that they're around 500 is plenty good. That's progress for those guys because Jeter sure took a lot of heat a couple years ago. So they're on a different level than uh, the other two. But the other two are really good. Yeah, uh, Miami, I just said sixth, and they are actually fifth, which, if they could hold on to fifth, would get them in. Now, they may fade and get in as six or seven, and that's kind of, you know, the format this year changes it. Uh, to your point, though, the Padres are playing over 600 ball at 630, and they are fourth. Um, well, actually, I mean, they're the second best record, but they're probably going to well, end up being the second best record. Right, second best record. Division, so they've got to be fourth. I right, imagine. exactly. And then for the White Sox, they're even better than the Padres. They're 34 yeah, 19 right now, playing 640 ball. That's that's 100 win pace right there. That's probably 102, 103 or something like that. Yeah, I think so. their schedule's been a little bit easier, though, with their regional. Yeah, and schedule. everybody everybody's schedule is kind of odd this year, just playing inside the region. Um, but all those teams set up. And then uh, Justin Verlander, 37 years old. Felt something in his elbow, uh, Tommy John surgery, which will wipe out the last week of this season and expect all of next season the way Tommy John surgery tends to work. So you see him coming back in a year and a half, PK, or do you think we've just seen the last of a guy who it's not, I mean, he's 37, but he just won the Cy Young last year. 
<laughs> well, my thought is no, but at the same time, why have the surgery if you're not planning to come back? Yeah. DJ and PK. Golf. DJ to finish it off, Bill. And here we go. Up the hill for That's birdie. That's the wrong one. Go ahead. Golf. So the U.S. Open... All the drama drained out of that one, PK. Bryson DeChambeau, he got control of that tournament, and he could not be shaken. You're thinking, all right, no matter what happens, he's got a lead here. But, hey, we have seen, we've seen plenty of double bogeys between the rough and the greens. Double, bo- double bogey is pretty unusual for the elite guys who really have it going on a Sunday and are near the top of a leaderboard. But not in this tournament, but... Man, no, no big numbers, no bogeys. He just brought it home with a seven pars in a row and, and won that thing. DeChambeau gets his first major title. Yeah, it was impressive. Impressive run by him. The big, uh, he looks like he's going to throw a chair at you in a ring or something. <laughs> I mean, he just looks like one of those wrestlers uh, that are oversized. Rip his shirt off, go Incredible Hulk on you and like the 15th green, just play the rest of the tournament shirtless. You know, Tom Hanks in the movie said there's no crying in baseball, but there's clearly crying in golf because we see it over and over again. When guys win, particularly if they win the first time, uh, they think and, they, and when they see their parents, now they put their parent, his parents on some type of uh, Zoom call, I guess. And so he was coming around the corner. He looks over, sees his mother and father on the television. He starts crying. We've seen it a million times. Bubba Watson, particularly if he should have a parent die, you do that. We saw Tom, uh, Tiger Woods Tiger ball Woods. at the British yeah. Open. Uh, Bubba Watson, I just said. Yeah, it, it, and I really appreciate that because it is all the sacrifices that the parents made to get that individual to the point where he or she can win. And so the sentimental emotions just come flooding to the surface. And, I I can I can appreciate that. Well, Bob Casper on seven forty-five. He'll be coming up about twenty minutes. He really didn't think Dave Chambeau had a chance. We did our picks, and uh, he dismissed him. But uh, yeah, which really intimidated me because I was going to pick Chambeau. But after Casper said that, I, I let him intimidate me. I didn't I want to don't do that. I didn't want to admit it, but guilty. My hands up. <laughs> Same thing. Like he's already yeah. made fun of one of my picks. I'm not picking DeChambeau and have him make fun of me again. <laughs> Mentally weak. I could have done it. Either one of us could have had a winner. He would logically be in the mix. I know. Yeah, he's one of the top ten golfers, and we got nine picks in our draft. So it would be surprising if he went. Right. All right. Well, we'll we'll call Bob on the carpet for that. I guess good work by Bob, though, right? He didn't want to pick him, but he bullied us into not picking him. So at least he didn't win, but he didn't lose because none of us won. His text back to me was, who picked Bryson? (laughs) All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL beating it home again. Bad home results piling up. A 2-1 loss to Vancouver. Kyle Beckerman, a red card early in the second half. I got to say, PK, I was surprised he wasn't subbed out at halftime. He already had a yellow. And he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt from referees. He's yelled too many obscenities at too many refs over the years. They don't mind giving him a card at all. Seemed like he was playing with fire. Dunny said something about taking him out right before he got that yellow. And the second one. Down a man. RSL tied it up. But they end up losing. Now they got the Galaxy coming in Wednesday night. And... The Utah Royals get beaten Portland. Uh, they had an assistant coach running the club, Craig Harrington. Uh, administrative leave along with one of the assistants. Uh, 
allegations of, uh, I, I talked to two people who said it was more along the lines of bullying, but one of them said there was some type of inappropriate language, not with players, but with the staff. Maybe it was in front of players. I don't know that level of detail. But anyways, there's an investigation into that. The turmoil continues inside that organization as the uh, ownership search continues as well. Well, not just an assistant running the Royals, a Sun Devil running the Royals. Let's just get that straight. <laughs> get that straight. Uh, yeah, man. Forks up. You, you, I got to learn about Terry Stotts, the referee. His name was mentioned quite a bit uh, the other night there in the second half. Our social should have been up about nine by halftime, but they weren't. And then I got to say, Dave, and, I, and I, you know how much I love soccer. What's that guy's name? Toya? Johnny Toya. He can't go down and scream like that and then not even come out of the game. That gives soccer a bad name. You got to bounce back up. Rolled his ankle. He's over there screaming and crying. And then he doesn't miss any. He didn't even come out of the game. Yep. You guys got to. You got that rep of being a little bit soft. And you got to get tougher. Might have been trying to work on a red card there to even that game up 10 v 10. But you can't do that in this sport. You, you got American. I, I, it bothers me. It's bad enough that you got to say the score's leveled. That's a European term. The score's friggin' tied. But you can't scream and yell. If you want to sell the call, fine. But don't be over there screaming and crying like crazy. And then, but, but you got it because the, the field's game. big and there's one no, left and he's forty no. yards away. You don't have. You know, if you want to Americanize it, which <laughs> is the goal. Don't do that. Well, I can't wait till we get Riley Jensen on this week. <laughs> Tanner? <laughs> Ethan? <laughs> Sterling? <laughs> I got to ask him about it, and I'm looking forward to it. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, we'll talk with Bob Casper here in about 15 minutes now. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 8 o'clock on the NBA playoffs. Jordan Pendleton is here to talk football. Owner of Performance One, a former BYU linebacker. Talk college football with him. As a guy who works people out, I'm curious, PK, and as a guy who's played, I'm curious what he thinks of the the Pac-12 and how much time they need to get back from the teams like ASU and Utah that have been able to do stuff so they're not coming from, you know, square one. The team like Stanford that sent their players home and they're scattered all over the country, so who knows what guys are doing. We'll talk well, with Jordan why, about that. That's why, I re- that's why I requested having him on. See? Good thinking by you. Jordan Pendleton at 830, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.